Uh, but an announcement was made yesterday uh, on the floor of the United States Senate from the minority leader at this time, but a longtime majority leader and somebody who's been in that chamber since 1984. Mitch McConnell, a Republican senator from Kentucky, said that in November of this year, I'm going to be stepping aside uh, from my leadership role. I've got my opinions of his tenure. I'm sure you do as well, but I wanted to hear from somebody who called him a colleague. And to do that, we're visiting with uh, former U.S. Senator Kent Conrad right here from the great state of North Dakota. Senator Conrad, good to have you on News and Views. Thanks, Tyler. It's good to be with you. Uh, let's start with the old spring training first, then we'll get into the meat and potatoes. Uh, are you going to be taking in any of this in the, say, next week down in Florida? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, in fact, going to a game on the second, Baltimore Orioles and the New York Yankees. You know, I've been working for the Baltimore Orioles uh, the last several years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the Orioles had the biggest turnaround in Major League history. Two years ago, 108 losses. Last year, 101 wins. And, um, you know, I've said, um, you know, even though I don't play, I'm largely responsible for that turnaround. Sure. <laughs> no, nobody's questioning that, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think Joel might. Yeah, well, yeah, but he questions everybody's motives and, and uh, responsibility for, quite frankly, anything that doesn't have his name on it. So you'll yeah. continue yeah. to question anything that doesn't have Joel C. Heidkamp on uh, yeah. uh, Kent, you know that. But good. I'm glad you're going to get down there and uh, take it in. And congratulations on that turnaround. Uh, and I have no doubt that you're thinking this year you're going to continue that trend. Well, we hope to. Yeah. You know, there's, you know, always you got these in injuries. So now we've got um, our starter. Uh, our closer, who was the best closer in all of baseball last year, uh, he's out with Tommy John surgery. We've had two of our top starters on the uh, injured list to begin the year, but we acquired a former Cy Young Award winner uh, from Milwaukee. Um, so, you know, we're hopeful that that'll make a big difference. Well, uh, when it comes to moving people from uh, one position to the next, injury or age or whatever the personal decision it is, that's a terrible way of me segueing to why I was looking forward to having a conversation with you today. You, a uh, longtime senator representing North Dakota for all those years, uh, and Mitch McConnell was, was there uh, during that tenure as well, and making the announcement at 82 that he's going to be relinquishing his leadership roles in that body. And, uh, you know, it, during that conversation he had making that announcement, he said a variety of things. He talked about his work. He talked about the internal dynamics of the Republican Party and where he sees it going. But I'm curious, as a colleague, explain your feelings on that announcement yesterday. You know, I wasn't surprised. Uh, you know, he's had a series of health challenges. Uh, you'll remember when he had that sort of brain freeze and couldn't talk that's happened to him several times. Um, and, you know, he's been there 40 years. Um, but the thing, the, the, the reason I thought he, he might decide to leave was he lost his caucus on the bipartisan um, border control bill, um, something that he'd supported. And um, then uh, when he lost uh, his, his caucus on that issue, you know, that's always kind of a forerunner of a leader stepping down because sort of the unwritten rule is you got to control at least a majority of your caucus if you're the leader. You know, as I think of, of Mitch, he was a tough and is a tough partisan, 
but he has great respect for the institution, and he, he understands that it's important to govern. And that means when there's divided government, you've got to compromise. So, for example, he supported the bipartisan infrastructure bill that Biden introduced that is going to mean hundreds of billions of dollars invested in roads, bridges, airports, rail systems, broadband, things that our country really needs updated. You know, if you travel around our country, you travel around Europe, you see the really stark difference now between the level of investment that's been made in infrastructure, much more invested in Europe than has been invested here. So we got some catching up to do. And that legislation will make, over time, a big difference. And he supported uh, the bipartisan bill to control the border, um, which at the end of the day um, didn't go forward because his caucus revolted, basically. Um, And, you know, uh, trying to understand why would he support that bipartisan bill? You know, Trump was against it. And he was supporting it before he, at the last minute, turned against it, because he does understand the hard reality. That is, we need immigrants. I know this is not a popular (laughs) thought these days, but the hard reality is, you go anywhere in the country, there's job-wanted signs everywhere. And to have economic growth, there are two things that determine whether your economy grows. One is your labor pool, people available to work. The second is the productivity of that labor pool. Those are the two things that economists will tell you determine the economic growth of a nation. And we need immigrants for economic growth because we don't have enough people to fill the jobs that we need done in this country. Now, at the same time, uh, you got to be able to control your border. We have to decide who comes in to take those jobs. It can't just be people showing up and saying, we want in. Uh, You can't control your future if you can't control your border. So Mitch McConnell fundamentally understands that. Um, But again, because he lost his caucus on that issue, um, and then the subsequent issue on support for Ukraine, where he had over 20 Republicans joining him and supporting the funding for Ukraine, Um, Again, he didn't have a majority of his caucus. So he had two back-to-back losses where he was pushing something that the majority of his caucus did not support. And that's really um, usually a signal that a leader is not going to last. So uh, I I think, you know, that combined Mm -hmm. with uh, the health issues that he's had, I, I think led him to conclude, you know, it's time, uh, time to take a different path. Observing the the United States Senate just as an observer, not somebody who's uh, formerly sat in those chairs. It, when you think about Congress, you think about the Senate, the most deliberative body in all the world. Maybe self-proclaimed that, but it seems certainly like uh, over the last twelve years, give or take, uh, that it has really found itself more and the functions of the House. And I think of a stalwart, whether I agree with him or disagree, about the institutional knowledge that Mitch McConnell has, the way he handled his duty in the Senate as a leader there. You know, that that void, that vacuum, 
uh, when you look at in, in his statement yesterday saying, look, I see what's going on within my party here. What do you see coming in to fill the role of a Mitch McConnell as leader? I know that we've talked about John Thune. We've talked about some other potential individuals. But what do you envision going forward for that caucus? You know, it's it's hard to know, isn't it? It's There are the three Johns who will be competing for that job. At least that's what it appears to be. Uh, John Thune of South Dakota, John Barrasso of Wyoming, and John Cornyn of Texas. I served with all of them. I, I got along well with all of them. Um, I traveled with John Barrasso and his wife, who he just lost to brain cancer. Uh, my wife and I, my wife was uh, close to his wife. You know, even though we were on different sides of the political aisle, um, we got along. Uh, John Barrasso's uh uh, and his wife, very nice people. Um, uh, probably the most conservative of the three, actually. John Cornyn of Texas, um, former Supreme Court justice in the state of Texas. Um, he would, I know, love to be the majority leader, as would John Thune. John Thune, um, you know, of course, I'd love to see John Thune be the Republican leader. Um, because he's from our part of the country. He understands our part of the country. Uh, he understands production agriculture, um, which the other two really don't have much connection to. So, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see what they decide. One other thing I should say is my wife and Mitch McConnell's wife had a very good working relationship. Um, you know, every year there is a spouse's luncheon. The the Senate spouses hold a luncheon for the First Lady. The First Lady then holds a luncheon for the Senate spouses. And one year, my wife was the chair of that. And um, Mitch McConnell's wife, Elaine Chow, who later served in the Trump cabinet, she was the labor secretary, mm -hmm. uh, she quit in protest after January 6th because yeah. she thought that that was... Uh, you know, uh, uh, an insurrection. She thought it was uh, mob violence. She thought it was totally out of keeping with America's democracy, where we respect the results of an election. Mm -hmm. um, so she she quit and protest. But um, before that, many years, when uh, Lucy was chairman of the Spouses' Lunch and Elaine Chow was on her committee uh, to organize that, and they got along very well. And got along sure. so well that my wife, when she was a woman's party, arranged for Elaine Chow to be given uh, what's the very prestigious Alice Paul Award. You may recall Alice Paul was head of the National Woman's Party when they won women the right to vote. That's what the National Woman's Party was all about, winning women right, right to vote. It's kind of amazing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. That You know, um, in the lifetime of many people who are still alive, women did not have the right to vote. Right. So um, Lucy uh, arranged for Elaine Chow, Mitch McConnell's wife, to be given that award, the Alice Paul Award, which is given every year to women who are leaders. Well, and so they, they had a, a very good relationship. And Senator, uh, I've got to get a weather update here in just a moment, but I think what you're getting to, and I want to come back to that if you got just a little bit more time, 
We see it on yeah. we, we see it on the nightly news about the back and forth of conflict, right? Everybody's yeah. trying to get those lines. But what you just touched on is something I think that's been missing in this conversation is that personal relationship that these bodies and these colleagues have. So when we come back, I want to dive a little bit more into that and ask you uh, what, what the legacy is going to be of uh, Mitch McConnell. I'm going to get right back to my guest with the two minutes I've got left, uh, former U.S. Senator Kent Conrad. Uh, Senator, I wanted to ask, uh, like I said, in the two minutes, legislatively, what will you remember Mitch McConnell for? Well, before I say that, I'd like to say I was in Bismarck for this big temperature swing. Got in there Sunday. My brother had to have emergency surgery. So I came up to be with he and his wife and his son and daughter and um, got great care at Sanford in Bismarck, which we're appreciative of. But I was there for the big temperature swing, and it was it was really something. You know, it's such a beautiful day on Monday, and then we really got swacked on Tuesday. <laughs> Welcome home is what that said. Yeah, but to your question, what I will remember is uh, most about Mitch is uh, he's a tough partisan, but he believed in the institution. He believed in governing. Uh, he helped me a number of times get a final resolution to budget agreements so the government could keep functioning. Um, and uh, I admired him for that. You know, he's playing that same role now. He's working to try to get uh, an agreement with President Biden and the new Speaker of the House to have uh, an agreement on a budget going forward so the government can continue to function and not shut down, which would be a disaster for us. Um, so I remember that about him. I, I'd say the low point was uh, the Supreme Court nomination of Merrick Garland, yeah. where he refused to even give him a hearing. Um, you know, that is that was that had not been done before to refuse to even give uh, somebody who had been nominated for the highest court in the land a hearing, I thought that was, you know, really beneath him as a leader. Right. Um, so those are things I remember about Mitch. Most of all, I remember um, on the positive side, a fundamental understanding that when there's divided government, which there often is in America, you got to work together. Yeah. If you're going to get something done, if you're going to make progress on huge problems we face, like the border, I mean, I think it's Sen undeniable. Senator, Senator Conrad, I'm up against the clock, but I always appreciate your Great. time, my friend. You take care until next time, all right? You bet. Bye-bye. Right. Senator Ken Conrad, ladies and gentlemen, more news and views next.